Welcome to 33 Tangents, a roundtable discussion covering a wide variety of topics from digital analytics to working remotely to current happenings in business and technology. Your hosts, Jason Thompson, John Moran, Jen Coons, and myself, Jim Driscoll, all live in different areas of the world, but work together in the same company. Our regular day-to-day conversations often go off in various directions, and the goal of this podcast is to share our ideas and find new ways to engage with others. So what's going on? What's new? So I don't I don't know I don't know why Hila didn't have this marked on her calendar um, to show up for the podcast early uh, because I think she's she's she knows that when she appears on uh, an episode with us that it tends to be one of our highest recorded so she's got a kind of a uh, a superstar complex. So I thought she would be on here early saying, you know, we got to make sure that this goes off perfect for my episode here. Well, it's quite the opposite. I'm trying to make an entrance, you know, mm-hmm. keep you on your toes. Where's she at? You know, that kind uh, of it's one of those don't show up to a yeah, party yeah, yeah. like until like mm-hmm. two hours after it started. Yep. Indeed. Cool. cool. Well, I, uh, I have an air conditioner running right above my head which is the, the humming that you hear in the background. But I, I, I am one that rarely takes advantage of the remote work aspect. And it's weird because I'm such a proponent of it. Um, but uh, I rarely allow myself to enjoy it. But this morning, you have to uh, listen to the hum of the air conditioner because I'm on this sweet rooftop deck in, in La Jolla. And the weather... I, if it's like this all the time, I'm moving because this is amazing. Amazing, I tell you. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Um, and yeah, the, the hum isn't uh, isn't too bad. So now I would say enjoy the view while we chat. So not, not a I problem. Will, this I will do that. So we've talked um, we've talked optimization in the past with Hila, and uh, apparently people really liked. Uh, what she had to say. I think we're going in a slightly different direction today. What uh, what are we looking to cover? So this uh, th- this was something that you had gotten feedback from one of our, our listeners on, and the request was kind of to do an episode on the daily routine that we use to get crap done. And this is going to be a very subjective conversation because I don't think there's any one way. But I think it gives us an, a, an, a, an opportunity to discuss the different ways that we prepare, that we make sure we're ready so we can actually execute. Um, and I actually have a good analogy to go along with that because this episode is going to go out on Black Friday. And I don't know about you guys, but I don't necessarily shop on Black Friday. I'll shop online, but I don't go out to the stores. But I have a sister who goes out uh, every year and um, is actually able to get really good deals on Black Friday. But she swears that in order to do that, you need to have a plan. She plan, you know, she starts seeing the deals earlier in the week. And then on Wednesday and Thursday, you know, after Thanksgiving dinner on Thursday, she goes and maps out what she what she needs to uh, where she needs to go, what she needs to get in order to get the best deals. 
she says, like, if you just go out and trying to see what deals you can get when you go out, you're not going to succeed. So I thought that was a great analogy to talk about creating a routine to make sure that you can execute a routine that works for you. Because because if you think about it, you won't be as successful without a plan. You know, without planning or preparation, it's easy for your workday to to get away from you. It, it's easy you sit, you know, come in at nine or whatever time you start. And I'm just using nine because it's kind of like a just an accepted thing at the moment. But you come in, you start your day, and the next thing you know, it's it, it, it's time to shut down, and you're sitting there pulling your hair out. Like I didn't get done when I needed to get done, but I felt like I did stuff all day. So would like to discuss the steps that each of us take um, to stay organized and focused so we can get the most important things done and not be distracted by the little stuff. Um, and I think we've touched on this a couple times in a couple other episodes. Um, you know, we, we've hit facets of this, but I think this would be a good time to pull a lot of that together. Yeah. And, and I think the analogy is, is very fitting. And while I'm not a shopper, so I'm definitely not a Black Friday shopper, um, I, I, I definitely can see how that can fit in just observing from, from the outside. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll kick us off, uh, with a few ideas and, uh, and then we can just kind of, um, open it up to, to conversation, but you're, you're right. Um, whether you're, you're black Friday shopping or you're working remotely or, or you're working in an office, uh, for me, at least I found that unless there was some some decent planning and structuring to my day going into it what i found myself doing was simply responding to fires or whoever was shouting the loudest or that latest email that i got in my inbox or whoever texted me or sent me a dm last and it wasn't necessarily long term the best approach for for getting work done um but that's what i found myself in and i was constantly wondering why am i behind why am I not getting stuff that I want to get done? And more importantly, why am I not getting stuff that I committed to doing done? And it wasn't until I stepped back and examined kind of what my workday looked like that it became really obvious that I just wasn't going into it with any kind of purpose. Um, and uh, I would simply turn on my computer in the morning. I would go through my inbox and that would, that would design my day. And then it would ebb and flow from there based on whatever came in last. And it just was not a, a great way for, for getting work done. So uh, I, I started off super simple. Um, in fact, I just started off with a, a notebook that I would keep by my computer. So my morning routine looked like I'd make a cup of coffee, come in, flip on the computer. I would go through my inbox and do an assessment of what was there. If there were things that I could get done in under 30 seconds, I would just do it right then. If it was something I wanted to do that day, I moved it to my notebook. Um, and if it was something that I would do later, I simply filed it away and, and put a reminder in place that I would do it another day. And then I would use my notebook to say, okay, these are the five things that I want to get done today. And I would put them in order. And, and that's how I started. And, and I've moved on from the notebook. Um, because it wasn't as quick and I didn't have as, as many features to kind of hide things and do things. So ultimately I work, I moved over to Workflowy, um, and I'm just using the free version of it. It's a great tool if you're not familiar with it to keep lists of things. So that's basically all I was doing in my notebook was keeping a list of things. Um, but now I'm doing it digitally. So I have a little bit better, um, history because I can actually read what I'm, I'm typing. 
but it's great because it allows me to focus. Uh, so I have an inbox and I have a to file. So as I go through my texts and my DMs and my mailbox, um, I put everything into in a to file folder. And I spend probably the first 20 minutes of the day going through that. And again, as I mentioned, if I can do it in 30 seconds to a minute, I'm just going to do it to get it out of the way. If I'm going to do it today, I move it to my today list in Workflowy. And if I'm going to do it later, I put it in a later date folder, which I'll go back and review again in a couple days. And then I'll drill into today. So that is all I see. And that ends up being what, what my focus is for, for the day. Yeah, and I, um, the, the tip that you keep giving to me, and, and I, I remember it and I try to use it all the time, is to um, just simply, um, you know, just kind of set, you know, set some, 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 some goals in the morning and just, you know, stick to those. And I think that that's, um, I moved that to the, to the weekly basis. It helps me a lot to, um, just set a certain amount of things that I want to accomplish this week, uh, and just stick to those because we often, like, we always have more work or more things we can do, uh, in work or personal life. And I, I found myself like having lists upon lists upon lists of, of things to, to do. And there's always a backlog of things that you can onboard when you're completing something and that there's always one other thing. Right. And so I think to me, the, the thing that made a difference is to be okay with just, you know, selecting, I don't know, five, seven things, whatever it is that I, I decide is reasonable for the week for, for, for the client work, for what I'm trying to accomplish internally, uh, with, um, at 33 sticks, what I'm trying to accomplish in my personal, uh, items and just be okay with, uh, when those are done, not to keep onboarding new things. Um, and it reminds it, re, it's a constant reminder of like that balance of, you know, of having that balance where it's not always like, okay, what's next, what's next, what's next. I think it's a re good reminder that there could be a focus and sense of accomplishment constantly. Um, and it's kind of the same feeling when you, when you check something off your list and, and you get it done. Uh, but even more, you're kind of like, okay, well now I, you know, I, I'm, I'm done for the week or whatnot. Um, and so, and it's not, it's not so easy to do cause you're right. I, I, I do, I'm the worst. I get sucked into whatever's popping up in my inbox or whatever, uh, you know, I'm like, oh crap, I, I really should get on that. And I onboard constantly new things all the time. So for me, it's uh, it's really, it feels good if I'm able to one week set just a finite set of things and just walk away, so to speak, um, from it when, when I've completed them. Uh, and if, if, if I was able to accomplish them, you know, early on in the week, then that means that I just need to, you know, have more, more goals for, for the following week, you know? Um, but I, I, I like that, uh, kind of structure of the finite sense, uh, of things. I don't know. That's helpful to me. Yeah. And, and I think there is something very, um, fulfilling about just crossing things off of a list. And that's why I really like the notebook. And, and sometimes I would even get a little too granular in what I was trying to accomplish because I just like crossing stuff off a list. But I think it's an important reminder that everybody needs to find what, what works for them. And, you know, while your organization and 
know, company you work with could maybe give you pointers and ideas and maybe they can provide software if that's your thing. I, I think it's a mistake to try to come up with a one size fits all approach for, for everybody because everyone's unique. They have their own working style. And I think it's important to give um, education and training on how to be organized and be productive, but to pretend that everybody can follow the same routine and path, I think is is definitely not the the right approach. So it's worth spending some time thinking through how you work, how you're motivated, where your weaknesses are. You know, Hila mentioned she would get sucked into, um, you know, the 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 most recent thing. That 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 is my issue as as well. Um, and I think it's a lot of people's issues, but, but everyone kind of has their own struggles when it comes to, to productivity. So you really need to find what works for you, be truthful with where your weaknesses are and come up with frameworks, whether it's something manual like a notebook, um, or, or using technology to help either, um, cut out distractions, give you insight into where you're, you're, you're spending your time or help you organize your time better. Yeah, totally agree. Um, there, there is definitely no one size fits all answer to this. Um, it, it, it what's work, you know, it's what works for, you know, the person in particular. Uh, but like you, Jason, I use workflow as well. Um, and I, I think it's, I, I started using it about three years ago and it's been a godsend on keeping things organized because I'm able to actually move things around. So like I have the top section is the current week and what needs to get done. And then I have a section for client work and then broken out by client. And that's my, my backlog and I'll move things around there. And I try to keep things ordered, um, by priority, but really my, my work day and my work week start, you know, at the, the end of the previous day or the, um, at the end of the previous week. And, you know, you want to talk about like what works for everybody. What I found is, is the, the one task I do as I'm closing out my day or closing out my week is to plan for the next one because everything is still fresh in, fresh in your head, uh, or at least fresh in my head. And I know what I'm thinking about. Okay. This is what I want to get done tomorrow because it, it helps prevent, at least for me, it's helped prevent that insertion of new things when you come in the next day and you see a list of emails where the night before you don't have those emails, you don't have those requests. And I know, okay, these are the critical things that I need to make sure they get done tomorrow. But then again, on Fridays, as I'm closing out, it's okay. These are the things I need to make sure get done next week. Um, and then when I come in the next day or come in the next week, check email first thing, um, you know, go through, see what does uh, just stuff that I need to be aware of, what are items I need to put into the backlog and then prioritize. And then this may be seen as controversial. I go and close out email. I don't have uh, email open throughout the day. Um, because what I found is with email, the most critical items don't come through email. Uh, they, they come via other, other channels. And it's the non-critical things that come through email and the non-critical things that then distract you. Because I, I know I can't be the only one where I'm working on something, an email pops up, and not only is my train of thought broken, I'm now starting to think about that other thing. Yeah. And I, that's what I think a lot of people do is it's not necessarily an emergency. That thing is now a new idea in your head and you want to jump to it. And it's like, oh, let me go work on this. Where I found with having email closed, I don't necessarily have to do that. Now I'll check it two or three times throughout the day, just make sure nothing urgent did come in. 
But what I've done too is with the clients that I've worked with and then my, my colleagues within the company, I, I've worked to set the idea of urgency. You know, what, what, what is something that is truly urgent? And if something is truly urgent, this is how you can get a hold of me. And we can make sure we resolve it, um, you know, quickly or, you know, solve it in time. So it's not like I'm completely blind because that's why I said it was controversial because I think a lot of people these days think if you don't have email open, you're not responsive. You're not available if something comes up. No, far, far from it. I am, you know, very accessible. It's just I'm closing something out that ultimately I've found to be a non-essential distraction. Yeah. So, oh, go, go ahead, Eli, because I have like a laundry list of stuff and I'm going to open up one Chloe and shot it. Um, So I want to talk about that topic a little bit more kind of in the work environment, uh, the whole kind of strategic approach for, you know, working with clients and and communicating with clients and how that focus kind of or fragmentation of focus uh, manifests into what we do. And I, I, I really I think that's kind of a big deal. And maybe it's the biggest thing that you know, it's, I think we often, so there's a few things. Um, I think we often kind of uh, overestimate what our clients expect or what others, you know, even internally expect from us uh, in in terms of, in terms of, yeah, in terms of velocity of how how quickly they're going to get it. You know, we're, we're, we're building really, you know, interesting solutions. And, um, you know, I, I don't think that, the, the way we operate is one of those like help desk kind of things where somebody is expecting like to, you know, pick up a phone call and, and have us answer and immediately troubleshoot something. So, you know, but I think that that's kind of the feel that we give ourselves sometimes that like something comes through, there's an issue, um, but we don't take time to kind of say, wait a minute, where does this fit in what we plan to accomplish, you know, together with the client internally, whatever. Um, and I think that uh, we, uh, at least for me, I feel sometimes like, oh, maybe I'll, I'll let them down or, you know, the expectations are, you know, different than, than what, what, what is actually happening. So I think, you know, and, and, and it was highly experimental for me at first, but I realized that, um, you know, responding right away is really all that's needed, you know, re- responding in a, in a prompt fashion, you know, where they know that, you know, or, you know, the other person knows that you've seen what, what is needed, uh, and that you're looking at it really is the, the, the key component. Uh, the rest of it can happen over time and it's better that it happens over time. Cause a lot of the times either things resolve themselves or, uh, better solutions come into play, uh, when we take our time. So, I don't mean to be ambiguous about it, but I think that one of the things that worked for me for sure is to kind of ha- have the idea of like scheduling things always for like the following week, you know, not, and I'm, I'm actually guilty of not doing that today. Uh, I know Jim, I invited you to some meeting that's tomorrow morning, but um, I think conceptually, you know, uh, saying, Hey, I'm looking at it. Uh, I'll have more details later this week, but, uh, let's, let's already put time on our calendars to discuss it next week. I think it, it creates like this step-by-step kind of structure to the planning. And it also, 
once you said it, you know, obviously there's other folks involved, so it, it sets it, its own motion, right? Uh, so it's not a, a left left in, in your court to kind of deal with. Um, and, you know, I think that other people like that, that structure and they want it, you know, um, you know, I think that a lot of times, you know, things seem urgent, you're requesting something, but, um, I think that the structure if that we, that, that each of us offers individually to others helps them set expectations with their team, their boss, anyone else that's involved on there and that's dependent on that information or that solution or whatever it is that we're working on together. So I think that by setting that structure, it actually helps everyone, not just us. Um, so that's kind of a, the biggest thing for me, I think, in terms of focus. I've noticed that when I take those steps to just stop for a second and say, let's do this, um, that's received like really, really well because it empowers everyone involved to know, you know, how to communicate with, with others in, in this, uh, in the environment anyways. Yep. Yeah. So I wanted to touch on Jim, what you mentioned around, I think this might be controversial. I was thinking that if, if John, who isn't joining us uh, for this episode, was, was on the podcast, he'd probably be laughing at you because he goes to the extreme about blocking off um, distractions and notifications. And we may have even talked about it in a previous podcast, but when John is working and he sets aside time to uh, really get into a project, like everything gets shut off. Like there are no notifications coming in at all. It's not just email. It's like he just blocks everything uh, everything out and it's 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 a smart move it's difficult to do I, I I can't pull it off although I tend to mute notifications now and then but uh, you mentioned um, you know context switching and and thinking about another project you don't even really have to make any physical moves to start getting into it just just sit back keep all your notifications on get into a project and then wait for something to come across you know, you have a one sitting on your indicator that you have a new email. Um, even without knowing what that email is, I guarantee you, your brain starts thinking about, I wonder what it is. I wonder if it's this or that. I wonder if it's an emergency. And you've instantly pulled yourself away from the project you're working on. Um, and now ramp it up. Think that you get at least, you know, an alert on your phone that gives you a small snippet of a tweet or a text um, or a direct message from, from Slack. Now I have a little bit more context and I can even think a little bit more. Even if I'm not physically thinking, I need to think through this project, you find yourself taking some of your cycles away from your brain and you start thinking about, oh, okay, I wonder about that. Maybe I should work on that next. I wonder you know, how that's going to impact things I'm doing. So just that simple act of removing some of the notifications can be so extremely helpful when it comes to, to getting things done. So uh, I'm glad that you, you brought that up. Um, and now I think I forgot some of my, my other topics, but that's okay. That was the most important one I wanted to, to cover. The, the second one um, was one of our, our listeners reached out to me and was asking questions about how big 33.6 was. I'm like, yeah, we're, we're relatively small. You know, we're a boutique. We are very uh, careful in who we hire, so we're small. And he's like, I get the impression from the outside that you guys are massive because you've got 
so much going on. You have like all this great client work you're doing. You have this content you're putting out. You put out a podcast every Friday. You know, you and Hilar are, are not just going through the motions of doing work. You're actually building a business and a brand. Uh, I just can't imagine that you're doing that with a small team. And I think that's a testament to us really investing in preparing and, and, and doing our day with, with diligence, because I don't think we could pull off all of these things uh, if we were just showing up and trying to do things organically. I know because I've tried that and it's very difficult just to stay up on, quote, your job than it is to do anything uh, above and beyond that. So it's not just, you know, here are things that may work. We, we've proven that if you can stay focused on this, you can do a lot more than you think you're capable of. Um, because I think you'll be amazed once you step back and start really thinking critically about your day, how much time you're losing and how much focus you're losing just by not being structured and prepared. Yep. I, I totally, um, agree that it's, it's manifesting in, in many, many ways. There's so many benefits for having that structure. Yeah, absolutely. And one, one other thing I wanted to mention is that um, this doesn't have to be in competition with other things as well. And I think that's important to talk about because I we, we struggled with it internally at first because we use Asana quite heavily. Uh, we also use platforms that our clients have. So uh, whether it's using the hub at, at Workfront, uh, which is their product, uh, or a lot of our clients are, are using Jira or some kind of other task management or project management software. And we really struggled with this concept at first because we, I think we all inherently thought, well, if we're going to centralize on Asana for how we manage our client engagements, then all of our time and task management and planning needs to be done there. And at least for me, it didn't work because I'm like, this isn't, isn't natural to me. And it, it really was difficult. But, I, but what I discovered is these things don't have to be in competition in that you can have your own style for designing your day and still leverage the tools that your, your organization uses. So the fact that I'm using workflow and other things to really focus my day uh, really doesn't take away from also keeping a, a history and a record of things that we're doing in Asana, it's, it's actually much more efficient than uh, for me to do that. So I, I think that's a good reminder because I, I don't think we're alone in that struggle where organizations want to come up with a framework and a set of tools for how to manage your, your day and, and basically dictate that this is how it has to be done. Uh, I think you can have individual um, approach, an individual approach to that and, and still use the things that your, your organization is putting in place. So Jason, um, one of the questions I want to pose to you, because, you know, as we've had this, you know, as we've been talking through this, you know, and again, the, the, the topic being creating a daily routine to actually get things done. One of the things we've kind of focused on is you can have a plan, but if you don't eliminate distractions, you're not going to keep, you know, um, keep to your plan. Eliminating distractions is just as important as having a plan. What would you say to those that would come back and say, yeah, that's great about turning off notifications. That's great about shutting down email. That's great about silencing Messenger so you can focus. I'm expected to have those things open. I'm expected to be available and um, contactable if, if needed. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's a conversation about actually what your role and your responsibilities are. Uh, 
people may go into that assuming that's the expectation. You may even have a management team that's assuming that's the expectation. But unless you have the conversation about what exactly are my role is my role, what exactly are my responsibilities, and what are you expecting of me, um, then we're we're going to operate under the assumption of how we should work. And again, for most people, we're going to default to this this kind of uh, emergency mentality where we're always on, we're always responding to the latest things, and 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 for most of us, that isn't our job. Now, if we work in an emergency room, that's different. If we work in IT and we're responsible for the uptime of our network, that's different. If we work in some roles where it's a support organization and we have people calling in to resolve issues, it's different. Um, but for a lot of us, that's not our role. And so we shouldn't assume that our role is a support role unless that that's what it's it's been defined as. So I would say the very first thing is just let's just have an open conversation about what actually we're, we're trying to get done. And if you know my boss is telling me I expect you to be you know, always on. And if I text you and email you you to get a response back in 15 minutes, well, let's talk about that because you told me that my job is to, you know, get these types of projects done. You know, you told me that my job is to help move the organization forward and bring strategy to what it is that, that we do. Help explain to me how being always on is helping me get closer there because the way I see it, it's actually distracting me from getting the job done that you're asking me to do. Uh, so I think that that's where it starts with is first understanding what the responsibilities are, because there definitely are roles where you need to have an always on mentality when you're on and you need to be able to respond quickly. But for most, you don't. And and for the, the work that we do, honestly, very, very few. Ins- I can I can think of maybe one instance over our six year history at 33 sticks, almost six years. Sorry, I'm getting a little ahead of ourselves. Uh, five and a half year history where it's been a true emergency like that. Everything else, um, you can respond in due time. Now, that isn't to say you shouldn't be responsive. I, I absolutely expect everybody to be responsive. Uh, so if you know emails or communications get in, come in within a timely manner, we may not address the, the, the ask or the issue, but I do expect people within you know a day to respond back and say, hey, got your email, um, it's going to take some time to look at that. Let's sync up next week on that and set the expectations. But um, again, I, if you're not doing it, the, the very first thing to do is just say, you know, what is my job? What am I trying to accomplish? And does it require me to be uh, always on or, or not? And, and again, I think for most people, it's, it's not. We're just not in that type of a, a job where we have to you know, be responsive every five minutes, every time a text or a direct message comes in. Yeah, I like that. Um, you mentioned earlier, Jason, uh, the fact that uh, if you have things that could be accomplished quickly, uh, then you just get them done and out the way. You only kind of schedule for later things that are a little bit more meaningful effort or whatnot. Um, and I think that's kind of a, a big deal as well because – um, we often think of priority of items as all the same across the board. Um, so that's one of the things that, uh, r- reminds me w- when you kind of, when you remind me of this, um, I-, I remember how great it is to like 
batch things and and schedule things on certain times of the day. Um, I was recently traveling. I was traveling all last week, and I was out of the office. Um, and mind you, it was just the email communication that I was batching, so to speak. But uh, I kind of set for myself to uh, check my email and respond to, um, uh, you know, t- uh, to to everyone either at one p.m. or in the evening. Um, and I think you know that structure as a whole really really helps uh, create create focus um, because it allows that time to not get rid of, but you know take care of all the smaller tasks that are not really, shouldn't take priority over the day. They should just get done and, and passed along. And, um, you know, there's, I think there's huge value to that as a kind of a tip, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, no. And, and again, I think you bring up a good point. It's important to personalize that to what works for you. So for me, that's a good morning routine. But for others, it may be, hey, that's something I do at lunch or at the end of my day, or maybe I do it twice a day. Maybe I do it in the morning uh, when I get into work and it's the last thing I do before I, I go home from work. So uh, uh, again, I think it's important to find what, what works for you from a cadence perspective. But the, the message is that you you kind of box that time aside that this is when I'm going to do that. Otherwise, you know, I have lots of things that come in all day and I could just respond to it, but that kind of takes away from it. Um, I have to mentally prepare myself to say, okay, I'm going to go through this exercise once a day and I'm going to address all these things. And um, it's at that time where I say, okay, if I can just get these done, I'm, I'm going to do it. Otherwise, it's going to go into my workflow for, for a later time. Uh, because it's amazing how much time is pulled just thinking about it. And this is going to date how long ago I, I read this book, and I don't remember the statistics on it, but I was reading a book that was focused on procrastination, and they used the concept of paying a bill. You know, back in the old days where we drove around in a horse and carriage and we paid the bills by check in the mail. Um, but they, they talked about that people procrastinate paying bills, and they'd put it on their counter, and they would pick it up something like eight or nine or ten times and look at it and put it back down before they finally got out the checkbook, wrote the check, dropped it in the mail, put a, you know, put a stamp on it, dropped it in the mail. And, and it's like it would have taken 30 seconds, yet every time you walk by it, you don't make the conscious decision to pay it, but you pick it up, you look at it, and then you put it back down. That picking it up and looking at it is context switching in our scenario. So you know, every time we have something that's just sitting there that can just get done, uh, it's not out of the way because we're constantly mentally picking it up and that takes away and draws from our attention. So it's it's such a simple thing to do, hard to master, but it's so simple to do it. And it, it frees up a ton of your time, not only from just the getting stuff done perspective, but it frees up your time and not pulling your, your attention somewhere else uh, by all these little things that are just, I can just get done so quickly and get out of the way. So as, as we start to, to, to wrap up, you know, so far we've talked about the, the specific things that, that we do that we found success with. Um, as we start to wrap up, you know, let's come up with a couple of things that could be actionable for others that are listening. And in, specifically, I'm thinking of those that are kind of in the state that um, I try to plan, uh, but I'm still not able to get done what I need to get done. What are some th- things that people could take away? Some th- some thoughts that we have to you know for people to create their their own routine to get things done in a day. 
So for me, I, I have three primary tips, um, and we've probably touched on, on most of them, but, but just to recap is, number one, you have to do some level of designing to, to your day. If you're expecting just to show up and have inspiration hit you, it just doesn't work that way. So tip number one is take some time and really evaluate how you work, again, where your weaknesses are, where your strengths are, and design what your environment should look like for you to be the most creative. And don't expect perfection day one, but just work on it and continually refine that process. It, it will get easier and better, and you'll be amazed about uh, how much more productive that, that you can be. Uh, number two is to break things down into things that you can accomplish in a reasonable amount of time. Uh, and this is something that a lot of people, myself included, struggle with, that if you look at everything as a big picture, it's it's the whole concept of, you know, how do I eat an elephant? It's just impossible to think about. Um, and, and oftentimes it's really demoralizing. So um, as part of my process, whether it's at the week level or the day level, I'm constantly refining and breaking bigger things down into smaller chunks so I can feel productive and actually be productive uh, because I'm getting things done and I'm working towards a larger goal, but I don't always have to constantly be thinking about this massive job that's in front of me. I just have to be thinking about this small thing that I can do in an hour or, or, or a half a day. And it's it's much easier uh, to, to accomplish when you look at that. And number three, I would say um, provide visibility to what you're doing, especially if it's something extremely critical that you're, you're trying to get done. If you're hiding it to yourself, it's so much easier to uh, come up with excuses on why you're not getting it done. So share it with a friend, share it with a colleague, provide visibility to your your goals and your task list because that active accountability is going to be a huge driver in keeping you responsible for the things that you're saying that I want to get done. This isn't a micromanagement thing. This isn't a, you know, you're going to get fired or promoted thing. This is a, I'm saying I want to get these things done and I'm having a hard time doing it. Hey, Jim, I'm going to share, I'm going to do this thing with you. Um, and if I don't get it done, I want you to call me on it because I need some accountability for, for getting these things done that, that I say are important to me. Again, I will add <clears throat> two things that help me for sure. Um, <clears throat> I mentioned, uh, you know, having, having, uh, whatever you're trying to accomplish, have a starting milestone. So not just the end milestone of where you're trying to complete it, but have a starting milestone where you're setting for yourself, here's where I communicate, you know, back to the team or to whoever else is involved or to whoever is uh, requesting the help or um, just someone else uh, communicating that you are starting and what your plan is. So kind of feeding back off of uh, Jason saying kind of design your, your day or design your week. Um, I think creating a starting milestone for everything you do is, uh, is a key point. If we, if we just kind of don't do that, then um it becomes challenging to say, okay, where does it fit now? You know, uh, I don't really have a timeline. I don't have a, a plan. Um, so um, just kind of take it in, in in whatever order feels right at the moment. So I think, you know, forcing a starting milestone for everything is, is, a, is a good, um, it was helpful for me. And then um, kind of block, I call it block and batch, but blocking out time on your calendar or blocking out time in your day and your week uh, that you're going to 
work on certain things and, and batch them. So I was able to like categorize some of the things that I do into, you know, just kind of email communication of things that just need to be passed along to someone else, uh, you know, for the next step or just kind of status updates and things like that. Uh, and another category for analysis where I need to be completely focused for a few hours um, on analysis um, and, um, you know, whatever categorization work for you. Um, I think, you know, we, we have some, uh, who, who does this? I think John does this where he batches all of his like one-on-ones with everyone on Thursdays or something like that. So, you know, uh, that works really well because you're in that mind state, you're talking to everyone, you're, you know, taking notes about everything that, you know, you want to kind of collaborate on and, and that kind of batching exercise, even of, you know, phone calls or discussions, um, are really, really useful. And, um, yeah, those, those are my two, my two tips, I guess. And my, my two, um, are the, the first one being make a list, um, Find a system that works for you, whether it's a notebook and pen, uh, something electronic, but make a list. Um, if, if you don't have things written down, they don't get done. If you don't have things written down, there's nothing to look back to when things get chaotic. Uh, so things get lost. Um, things get um, forgotten in, in the mix. So how what, what, managing it you know, the, the, you know, how to manage it, that, that's ultimately on the person to figure out, but um, it's critical to have a list. Um, and then the, the second thing is, is I would recommend sitting down with folks internally and, and externally and having an honest conversation around the definition of urgency. Uh, everyone has a different definition of urgency and we've all engaged with or worked with, you know, that, that person where, Everything they have is is urgent. Uh, we need to get to, the, to this today. We need to work on this right now. Uh, I need your help right now. Do you have five minutes for a question? It's urgent. It's urgent. It's, ur- it's urgent. Um, without a definition, again, th- these are things that, that can get in the way. Um, and ultimately, when you sit down and define what urgency is, you'll often find that the majority of things that have been thought to be urgent in the past aren't. And they're really just noise. They really just get in the way. And you're going to have the same result if you jump on them right now and stop what you're doing, or if you put it into some form of backlog and you come around to it again. I'm not saying you don't handle these kind of things. You don't work on them, but you just don't work on them right away. Um, I, I feel that will help eliminate a majority of distractions when you define exactly what urgency is. Um, because I, I, I've seen in the past the, 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 the word urgency thrown around very, very loosely, and it just causes people to be in constant firefighter mode. And there's no deliberate, proactive work done. Everything is purely a distraction. Great, great topic, great conversation today. Um, love the tips. And uh, I think the timing is, is really great as well because we've seen an influx uh, or a rise in this um, hustle culture. And you, I'm sure you've seen all the, the stuff on the thought leadership using air quotes here on LinkedIn about 
you know, getting up at 4 a.m. and going to the gym and then reading five books before 7 a.m. and then, you know, going to work for like nine hours and then taking 30 minutes off to eat and then working again until two in the morning. Um, there's, there's a lot of that culture going on. And then interestingly enough, you have this whole counterculture to that going on where they're, they're saying that this whole hustle porn thing, you know, is, is just bullshit. It doesn't work. Um, and, and the amazing thing is, is that I, I think you can be pretty balanced and still get a lot done. And it really comes down to being deliberate in, in how you design your day and use your time. And it's something that, that I've really been discovering lately that we're, collectively able to accomplish a lot more than we think we're able to. And it's not that we have to get up at five in the morning and do all these hustle things. It's we we're, we're just often not very efficient by, by nature and making a few little tweaks, you know, we, we, we can still maintain our balance and enjoy um, what it is that we have around us and, and not burn ourselves out and still accomplish a lot more than we think we're capable of. So I think great timing on this topic. Hopefully we've been able to provide a few tips uh, that will be useful to people. And, and hopefully those that have listened will be motivated to take some time to really analyze how they're structuring their days to see if there's just some little things that they can tweak here and there to be, to be more productive. Yep. And I couldn't put it uh, any better uh, myself. So um, there's nothing else. Um, anybody has to add, um, we'll go ahead and, uh, wrap up for now. Any other thoughts? I, I think we're, we're good. If you guys need me today, I'm not going to leave this rooftop deck and I'm going to enjoy some remote work perks and still get, get stuff done. So, um, thanks for joining us. Hila. I'm sure we're going to get a bump in our ratings for you jumping on. So I appreciate you, you joining us. I feel so used. <laughs> I feel hey. used. We have to give the people what they want. They they love having you on the the podcast, so I appreciate. What I'm, you're doing. I'm not I'm not signing a release for this one. <laughs> it, it was apparent that, that when you showed up, it was already granted. So. <laughs> cool. Thanks all. All right. Thank you much. We'll talk to everybody later. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to reach us, you can do so by emailing podcast at 33sticks.com or on the web at www.33sticks.com. The 33 Tangents podcast is a production of 33 Sticks.